The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Ascot. Maidenhead. Bracknell. Wokingham. Henley. Reading. Okay. The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Welcome everyone to this show, Let's Do Lunch, with me, Jenny Tishy on River Radio. I'm your host, and I'm actually a nutritionist and the author of several cookery books, and today I am joined by Lee Wright. Lee is a freelance chef, and he's a wealth of experience working at various local restaurants, a very, very local lad, if I'm allowed to call you that, Lee. Uh, He's worked at both Michelin-starred restaurants, AA Rosette awarded restaurants, and he's also the host and chef of a new cook-along team. TV show called The Right Way. How are you today, Lee? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having me today. Oh, do you know what? No worries. You haven't come far, have you? Whereabouts have you come from? I've just come from Lane End, so just <laughs> Love it. five minutes away. <laughs> so for those of you that know the area, that literally is just down a hill, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> Into Marlow. So you've got quite some experience working in restaurants, um, but you are a freelance chef now. Where are you working right now, this moment? Where should you be if you weren't here? So right now I'm at Rackley's in uh, Chilton hills uh-huh. um, so i've been there for five months oh wow uh, okay. so it's a new it's a new wedding venue so specializing in lots of weddings um yeah. which there are many of there's a, a bit of a backlog yeah we yeah. Have four in fact this week so wow. it's, a, it's a very busy week yeah um, but it's all it's all going good what what's it like I, d- I don't think i've ever heard of it has it is that always the name that's been under yeah so it was an old barn mm-hmm. um and it got converted a couple of years ago while lockdown was happening aha uh-huh, clever and so and now it's it launched last year like a soft launch and then this year is is a busy year so they've got 45 weddings this year wow um and a good amount in the summer including for this this week so how does that work with you i mean that's four separate weddings four separate days having been a bride myself i know that it can be quite um tense around that time when you need to actually get your wedding planned and especially as a foodie the food yeah I don't want to call anyone a bridezilla, but is it hard work trying to work out who wants what and how it needs to be delivered and when it needs to be delivered, or is it fairly straightforward? Are you quite okay um, with the process now? I've got, I've, I've been doing weddings for a good five years now, so I've got good systems, <laughs> Lot of experience, got good systems in place. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just being super organised, just to get all your ordering and make sure you're prepped up for mm-hmm. each wedding. Because you never want to go into a, a wedding um, unorganised or unprepped because it could be a disaster. Otherwise, yeah, it's a big day, right? Isn't yeah, it? It's not yeah. just a dare I say it. I mean, going to a restaurant's nice, but it you know you can go to a restaurant any day of the year. But your wedding's the one of opportunity of a well maybe not for some maybe more than once for some but it's a big day isn't it yeah yeah it is um you want to make sure they have the best experience possible um, yeah and and the food is a big part of that day it really is people, bringing people together yeah mm. people really remember what they eat so you need to make sure it looks nice and tastes good <laughs> the pressure so tell me give us a flavor what have you cooked this week for so your various bride and grooms we, we've had a uh, we've had a, a salmon dish going on uh, with crushed potatoes asparagus hollandaise sauce, Mm. concas tomatoes and a a 
deal on flower garnish. I like my edible flowers, so oh, they, they yeah. go in a they lot of my dishes. They look pretty, don't yeah. they, as well? Yeah. And what else have we had going on this uh, week? We had a, a lamb shank. Mm. We've had a caprice salad. We've got a panna cotta coming up tomorrow with a black pepper and strawberry salsa, which Ooh. is one of my specialities. Oh, is it? I yeah. love that combination. Yeah, it works so well. I know black- people don't realise how good it is. It's a bit... Mm. I'm not yeah. sure about it, but it's such a great combo, isn't it? When you get that black pepper just sparkling out of the um, of the strawberries, it's really tasty. Oh, so that's going to yeah. make me hungry. This show. <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about how you would define. I mean, you know, I can get a flavour from that, but that might be the venue dictating. How would you define your cooking style if you could do it in one sentence? <laughs> oh, uh, simple, uh, stress free, mm-hmm. and um, flavoursome. Brilliant. I love that. Simple, stress-free and flavoursome. Do you have, you have, I mean, you have a team of people supporting you there? Um, I'm actually, it's, a, it's a pretty much a one-man band. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Is that better though? Because you can be, you know, everything. You can be your own boss. Yeah, so you can you can prep up um, and you, you know how you want it, and then mm. you can send it. So, yeah, I get I get part timers in to help with the service and yeah. things like that. But the actual, we um, don't have to rely on anyone else to I don't know do any other component of the dish. You know, it's your no no name yeah. on it at the end yeah. of the day, and everything on that plate is it's, as a result of you and your work and how I want it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Love that. So, yeah. And I mean, is there any particular ethos around? I mean, we've talked about you being local. Um, yeah. You, do, you, do you find that you can get local produce fairly easily available yeah, here? Yeah, I use a lot of local produce. So mm. I use uh, the meat hook um, in Marlowe oh, for all the wow. meat. Yeah. So Andy at the meat hook. So, um, yeah, his meat's that's amazing. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. So he's he's a good person to know. Good yeah. advice. Yeah, 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 and you get a really, really, really good product, so. Mm, good, I've not actually, I'm going to sound really terrible here, I'm running a food radio show at Marlowe, I live in Marlowe, I've not been there yet. Andy, I'm, it's Andy, isn't it, I'm coming yeah. your way, I'm coming Def- to kitchen. Definitely check it out. Yeah, we will do. Um, and what about like the kitchen setup that you have, you say you want things to be stress-free and you want them to be simple, so do you have any favourite kitchen tools that you use? Uh, the best one is a rationale oven. Um, wow, okay, rationale, how does that work or what's special about? It. So it can literally do um, everything from you can bake bread in it, you can prove bread in it, you can um, you braise things, seal things off, mm-hmm. it cleans itself, um, it literally does everything. Um, it's like a, a, an iPhone of of. An oven. Of an oven. It's the best way to describe it, is, yeah. is that available to, like, members of the public, or is it only for trade? It's just for trade, just for commercial kitchens. Is it quite kitchens. big, yeah. big kit? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And do you have any um, say in the design or the layout of the kitchen where you would be working, or is it just a bit of a happy coincidence that your favourite tool is... I mean, I'm assuming it is in the kitchen that you work yeah, in now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that a happy coincidence, or is it, that... Yeah, it's a coincidence. Okay. <laughs> it's all there, yeah. But if you had a designed it... No, you shouldn't say that, because you still work for the company, right? <laughs> Um, so tell me a little bit about how long you've been a chef. How long have you been doing this so, for? I've been a chef since I was 16. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm 30 now, so a while. That, <laughs> that, is, that is a while. Yeah, yeah, so I left school and then went uh, straight to the Hind's Head in Bray. Yeah. Um, so why, why go anywhere else? May as well. Yeah. Just go. Just <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, that was amazing. We had uh, head chef Clive Dixon there mm-hmm. and he was just really showed me everything you could you want to know in a kitchen basically yeah in the um two years i was there so yeah that must have been incredible that you're 16 and 
I mean, I got a 17 year old and a 14 year old. So I know, I mean, obviously they're lucky they have a bit of food knowledge, but I know how much knowledge and life experience you don't have at that stage. Yeah. Like, how was that for you going into the Heinz Head? What was that experience like? The first few months were quite daunting because you're like, whoa, there's a, because everyone was so much older. Yeah. Um, so I was like the youngest in the kitchen. So it's, it's, it's like, whoa. And, the, and you I didn't know too, I had a bit of food knowledge, but when it's that level, there's so much to learn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had to learn a lot quickly. <laughs> and what was probably, I mean, were you also studying? Yeah. So to I become went, a chef at the same time. Yeah. I went to college, Aylesbury mm-hmm. College, one day a week. Oh, okay, um, so, so you were predominantly on the job, yeah. But you were also getting the theory in yeah. a college environment as well, which was yeah, which went, spanned over the two year apprenticeship as well. So. And were there people like yourself who were also doing an apprenticeship, and they were at location on location, if you like, but they were in pubs and restaurants around the area? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there was about twenty in the group when I oh, when, when I did that. Yeah. Those years ago, so yeah. And were they of the same calibre? I mean, yours was a pretty special place to be able to start. Uh, we are in a great area for food, aren't we? But still, yours was a good place to yeah, I was very start l- out. I was very lucky, um, mm. yeah, to, to be able to do a friendship in the most amazing place. Yeah. So, so um, what would you say, like, your biggest learning was in that environment? You know, you're 16, you've gone into an environment where, like you say, you're the, you are the youngest person, and you might think that, yeah, you're in that environment, you might get sort of treated differently or whatever, but I... It sounds like you've learned a huge amount by being exposed to a huge amount. So what was the biggest thing that you learned in that time? Oh, I, I remember working with, um, under Clive Dixon, but with a prep chef uh-huh. um, who literally showed me so many things, just like fish prep, meat prep, all, all the... Because um, what Clive used to say to me is it's uh, 60% prep and mm-hmm. then 40% delivery so it's a more it's a bigger percentage of just making sure you're fully prepped up and ready to go yeah so. that's a really important and that's obviously stuck with you that's been your sort of yeah. mantra going forward yeah like I never like to go on a wedding unprepped I want to make sure it's all ready and then it's on the days and it goes nice and smooth everyone enjoys their food and yeah we're yeah. just to that point and just thinking about that with four weddings this week i feel like there's a famous film title coming out of me but i'm not going to say it um you've had four weddings this week do you do the prep the days before yeah so i've had to organize it so sunday i did the prep for monday mm-hmm. and then tuesday i did the prep for wednesday and thursday and then currently today i'm doing the prep for tomorrow wow so, so i'm taking away from that what is tomorrow's meal tomorrow is the panna cotta oh yeah uh chocolate <laughs> okay. brownie oh uh we've got the uh chicken uh chicken dish with wild mushroom sauce and fondant oh. potato oh. salmon <laughs> uh, with the crushed potatoes and then i've got a uh, goat's cheese mousse with uh beetroot which is oh wow uh, what like, a great like, combination lo- lovely starter yeah. yeah yeah and you're doing all this like typically how many covers are you doing for a wedding uh it varies from sort of 60 and the max capacity there is 120 okay so, yeah yeah you've got a cap at least um, yeah 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 if it, it's just you yeah. that's quite a difficult thing with like 300 isn't yeah it? yeah so but that's incredible though because i mean i'd imagine i mean what would the covers at the heinz head be by comparison uh so the heinz head lunch was sort of between 60 and 80 and um, how many chefs there uh, 12 yeah 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 so it's <laughs> incredible it's yeah completely different um <laughs> so tell me a little bit about going back to the fact that you know you've been training and working in this field since you were 16 when did you know that this was a profession that you wanted to go into 
Uh, it must have been year 10, 9, 10 at school. So yeah. uh, 13, 14, mm-hmm. uh, did food tech at school. And I thought, this this could work. Like, this is something I could do in the future. And then I started looking and, and, and found the apprenticeship and, and went yeah. from there. So, That's yeah, great. it was quite young. But, I, yeah, I remember when I was really young, just, like, cooking breakfast for my mum and dad when we used to go on holiday and Aww. experimenting <laughs> and stuff like that. So, Are you, like, do you have siblings? Are you, yeah, yeah. I've got an elder brother in Scotland. Okay. Um, so. And were you out of the two of you? You were the one that would always be more foodie oh, than uh, the other one? Definitely the foodie one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's lovely when people know what they want to do at such a young age. Yeah. Um, are we allowed to ask which school you were at to, uh, to, yeah. to know how influential it was? And... I was at the Beaconsfield School. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they had a good food tech department at that stage. Yeah, it was really good. I was really Brilliant. lucky with the uh, teachers and everything. Mm. So. Do you ever go back? Uh, I did a I um, did a Master Chef judging competition there oh, back wow. in 2013. <laughs> Brilliant! Um, so yeah, I got to try all the students' food and judge it. That. So that was fun. <laughs> did any of your schoolmates from that time follow a similar path to you? Were you the only one? I was the only one who wow. went into food. Yeah, it's brilliant yeah. though, isn't it? Because you knew what you wanted and you went for it and you got yeah. it, which is great. I love that. So I mean, the the kind of exposure you've had, the types of restaurants you've worked in, and obviously the food that you're preparing today i mean i would sort of consider it posh nosh <laughs> i had not quite a phrase but um would you consider that would was that part of your childhood is that the sort of food that you kind of you know at growing up or is it was it a kind of a, an awakening when you went to these michelin star restaurants um i was quite lucky when we're going on holiday with mum and dad to different places in spain mm. italy um so we did go to some really nice restaurants and i yeah. think i sort of saw quite a lot of nice food yeah. at a young age which I was really lucky really fortunate um, my mum and dad mm. um, took me to these lovely restaurants in different countries so it's lovely yeah. that isn't it it's often the way where you've had a little bit of exposure and as you say if it was in the environment of a holiday where you're relaxed and you're enjoying your mm. family's company that's probably where you have the time to really think about well how did they make this and yeah so what tell me what your favorite foods growing up were Oh, um, I remember this one dish. I was in a little town uh, called Almodova del Rio, which mm-hmm. is in, in Spain, um, where I used to water ski a lot when I was younger. Yeah. Yes. Um, and there was this like stew dish. It's really simple, but mm. the meat just melted in your mouth and it's, it, I, it's just it stuck beef, with me. Lamb, it was beef, beef. Yeah, it's just stuck with me for all these years so. so it was like a but you were this was the summer i'd imagine you yeah were on there. yeah it's so quite a hearty dish for it was, a, it's quite a wintry dish yeah in hot weather but it was lovely it was stuck with you yeah have you ever tried to replicate that i have and there's another dish when i went to costa rica mm-hmm. um a few years ago it was like a curry's pineapple mm. dish and it, uh, so it had chicken prawns pineapple lots of herbs and spices so yeah. I've, I've replicated that a few uh, times yeah. since i've because there's that program isn't there and i can't remember which jimmy and jamie's i think something like that where jamie oliver and jimmy do the whole they have the end of the pier don't they in the south yeah. end and they bring celebrities in and they talk about like what was that one meal that yeah i mean you have more than one but it, the <laughs> point is that you you can replicate it because you're capable yeah i'm like yeah <laughs> most like, of us like, can't lucky to be able to do that <laughs> that's great um, and then uh, obviously early on you've had that opportunity to work with some great chefs and in a really kind of high end i suppose yeah. environment i mean what would you say was your highlight of working in that environment for you? uh i think seeing some of the, the i remember when i was at the fat dark doing mm. some uh overseeing having a look how they did everything there yeah and i think it was 
when I was there, it had just been first in the world the year before. So it's oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the sound of the sea is I actually got to prepare that dish. <gasps> That's the one with the little iPod. Yeah. Yeah. yeah remember that. So I, I got to do that. Um, and that, that was an amazing experience to mm. be able to be in a service at a free Mitch and star restaurant and yeah. put this dish together for 40 covers and you're like oh wow this is- that combination of sort of science and food that heston was using then and still uses today but i think it was so like it was so new then it was so it? new yeah is yeah. that anything is there anything that's a legacy from that time you spent at the fat duck that you use today is there anything um, any, you know quirky flavor combinations I, or i do like doing a a, a, je- a few jellies or a couple mm-hmm. of foams or just trying to mix some flavors what are a bit unique so yeah. yeah but i have uh, replicated the the egg and bacon ice cream you have my, my own version of <laughs> love it yeah um it was mind-blowing that one yeah, wasn't it yeah. yeah that's amazing so so you say so foams jellies egg and bacon ice cream yeah you haven't brought any like you know technology in with your dishes i mean look if you're doing weddings i know you want to make it memorable but it is hard going isn't it you yeah. still got to cover it and it's just you yeah so i've got i've got i've got to keep it as a stay stress-free when i'm yeah. when i'm but still lovely lovely food yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah you can just bring in a tape recorder with a set of sound of the sea if we need it <laughs> <laughs> um, and were there any chefs in particular that have inspired you? i mean you've talked about clive dixon you know being really inspirational yeah. for you anybody else from those early days uh heston heston blumenthal yeah i was lucky to um you know get to know him as well yeah. when i was at the hindhead and did my little bit at the fat duck and he's just such a nice person that's um, amazing yeah he's just really just really helpful and any mm. questions you might want to ask mm. he answers them and yeah he's just just really nice person to be around that's great i well. mean is are there any that you're still in touch with today I'm still in touch with Clive, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where's he now? So he he does his own consultant business. Mm. So he's he does a lot in France and Spain, starting up restaurants and things like that. So would you say that's? I mean, we'll come on to this because obviously you're freelance yourself now. But would you say that's quite a common path for people to get a lot of work under their belt in a restaurant environment, but then to move into doing their own thing, or would you say that's unusual? I think it's more unique. Mm. Um, but it's something which when I first became freelance back in 2012 mm-hmm. it was definitely like very unique but there's yeah. more there's more now yeah. yeah yeah interesting right well let's take a brief pause here and then when we come back we'll be talking about your decision to go freelance Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot. Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley. Henley Reading okay Ta-da! The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. And today we're joined by Chef Lee Wright. He has his own cookery show, which is called The Right Way. And Lee is here today to discuss his career as a chef, but also some of the really interesting and unique work that he does. And uh, you just have to stay tuned to find out about a combination which I've never heard of before. So, Lee, um, you decided to go from working in restaurants and some incredible restaurants locally to going freelance what was the reason what was the impetus for your decision to move into freelance i think freelance um you can have more control on work-life balance which is very important in in the chef world so um yeah it's i think being able to do that control your hours so you're not doing 100 hours a week and and you you can control your work and your life which i think really important is that something that you felt prior to 2012 wasn't in your control it was a bit out of control 
Um, so in I have uh, in the past um, had had a couple of problems with mental health mm. um, just from overworking. Yeah. Um, so now I'm very cautious of how how much work I do and not to overload myself because you need to look after yourself in in yes. in, in yes. the kitchen. Look after yourself <laughs> first. <laughs> it's so true. We actually had um, Adam Simmons talking about this off air, but um, from the Burnt Chef Project who is talking very openly about his own struggles with the environment and with the with the industry at large because of the way I think it is so demanding of your time and your energy and you don't have a lot of control over your own lifestyle, really. Mm. This job can be all-consuming. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, you've made that decision then yourself to go freelance, to find your own way through, and that's one way in which, alongside thinking about your own mental health, you've chosen to sort of cope with it. Yeah. So since going freelance... Is it as you expected or anticipated? Yeah, I've been very lucky because I have gone to all sorts of different countries. I went to Australia to work, mm-hmm. I've been to Norway to work, um, and then I've worked all over in the UK as well. So I've been very lucky of what places I've been to doing yeah. it freelance, yeah. So I was going to ask you about that. So you, Australia, whereabouts in Australia were you? I was in Brisbane. So what sort of foods and ingredients differed there from the sorts of things that you could get here there's quite a lot of asian influence actually when i was out there so i did a lot of work in parliament um in brisbane oh wow and yeah there's a lot of asian influence they they love their meat and they loved um their seafood as well so um yeah it's it's so it's so amazing to see that yeah the seafood is incredible isn't it i seem to remember morton bay bugs yes that's the one i love it's so meaty i mean for a shellfish they're so meaty aren't they yeah um yeah how would you prepare one of those uh just good old garlic butter oh you know what yeah i'm so so with you on that and then what about norway what did you find there in terms i mean very very different culturally different climatically from a climate perspective um from australia from brisbane in particular Mm. so what did you find in norway norway was again very heavy on uh, like mussels they i remember the place i worked in they had mussels three different ways they had mussels with white wine mussels with curry (laughs) curry sauce uh good old uh mousse mini yeah yeah and you could have any one of those and yeah wow yeah so there's a lot lot of choice with the with the mussels out there i'm just as a nutritionist thinking wow you were never short of zinc did you get to eat some of this food as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah not it, just prepare it no i did get to eat some yeah as well, which is good it's actually interesting though isn't it because i think if you live i mean even though um the uk is an island surrounded by water a lot of us don't eat fish i think a lot of us i think it's 80 percent of people don't eat fish mm. at all i mean it's only 20 percent of people yeah. are eating fish which is kind of crazy i don't know whether that includes shellfish but therefore do you find that you don't cook it as much um and you perhaps did cook it more when you were in other countries yeah i suppose in in australia and and norway i, I definitely it's fish heavy mm. um but I, to be fair in england i've done a few weddings with you know they yeah. have fish as well so well it's quite a good this, i find these days with the way in which people eat and want to eat you know you can have sort of pescatarians um you can have people that think they're vegetarian but they're also happy with eating fish and obviously yeah. meat eaters are happy eating fish generally as well yeah it's probably quite a good catch-all isn't it to have yeah, fish no, on the menu it is yeah yeah <laughs> oh brilliant and then so you know we go to where we had this massive change to the industry in 2020 march 2020 I mean, of all industries, the industry that you work in was probably the most affected. Yeah. Um, 
you know, directly because there's no customers. Yeah, just <laughs> so stopped. yeah. So what what happened for you at that stage? So my income just stopped. Yeah, um, being freelance, so just completely stopped. So what I decided to do is I went into London and worked with a company called Go Compassion, uh, right. which was uh, feeding all the homeless and NHS and staff mm-hmm. um, all around the London. Um, so that that was amazing to do. So we the first place they did was um, Wembley Stadium. Oh, wow. So we used the kitchens at Wembley Stadium and we could get so much. There's a lot of chefs who could just get a lot of food out to help all these people who are struggling. So yeah. Yeah. that's a really nice thing to do. And that's good for me, mm-hmm. mental health-wise, to to keep active. Were you working with a team of people there? Yeah, so there, there was a lot of different people from all uh, walks of life. Mm. Um, it wasn't just chefs. You, okay. had, you had people from shops and all sorts of things. So And where were the ingredients coming from? They were coming from... From a company called uh, Phoenix, sorry, Phoenix, yeah. um, in London, and they get all all leftover ingredients and stuff. What are going? Wow! So, so it's, it's a really good um, thing what what they're doing, and it's yeah. still going now, which is good. They, that's really good. So they they basically take leftover ingredients, yeah, bring them to where you were, and you were working there alongside other people, some chefs, some not, and then who would be kind of creating the recipes that you? And then we just sort of you could just sort of make up things, and then they just ship it out in their vans to all these Brilliant. different places where people needed it. So so it's a bit like Ready Steady Cook, but on a very serious yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, right, we've got some beef, we've got some some of some of this. Let's yeah. see what we can make and go from there. So so. That's amazing. So do you actually get to eat some of that there yourself as well? Or would you then travel home and then have to make something yourself? And um, They would give you lunch. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they so fed you. Yeah, they definitely you well you. Yeah, yeah, so. And how long did you do that for? I did that from March until the summer. And then the summer, uh, an opportunity mm-hmm. in Norway came up. <laughs> Um, that's when Norway came up, so wow. I could go to Norway and, and do some work out there for for the summer season, um, which I was very lucky that's and brilliant. fortunate. Um, and so you that. went to work. Where was it that you were working in Norway? So I was two hours from Oslo. I was yeah. in a little holiday destination called Kagero, um, okay. which was had all little islands, oh. and it was very holiday and yeah. very relaxed and yeah i mean if you think about you know the the point we went back to like when you made the decision to go freelance and you think about the variety of different things i mean the pandemic was obviously unexpected and unplanned from your perspective from a business plan perspective you still made something happen you know that has kept your not only your skills going and looked after your mental health it sounds like the plan's going pretty well right now yeah yeah no (laughs) it's 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 all good and um i i was lucky because the 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 Norway work came from doing some filming in Norway. So I was going to ask you about that. So th- yeah, where did the TV show idea come from? So um, so we go on to yeah, eat, ski, live. The mm. new TV show is called. So it's a travel, foodie, uh, wellness TV program. Yes. Um, we we've done two episodes so far. So we've done an episode in North Carolina yeah. and an episode in Norway. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 and it incorporates water skiing as well, which gives you the whole work life balance thing. I just love this. Like, so yeah, so tell me a bit about the water skiing. Have you always water skied? Is that something that you do as a hobby? Is it something that you do more than a hobby? Or? So when I was younger, I remember just being at home and because my mum and dad water skied, um, it's in there from their twenties and oh, they still really? water ski now. Yeah. Is that how they met? 
Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a romantic bit in there. No, it's not, Jenny. It's not how they met. Um, so they both water skied, so it was natural for you to follow So, them. yeah, so when I was 11, I was like, so, Dad, can I go to the lake and watch you ski? So he's I, like, yeah. So I went down to Milo Water Ski Lake. Oh um, my just gosh! Just next to Crown Plaza. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I watched him. I was like, wow. I need to. I need to. Need That's to have for a me. Go at this. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. So, so I I went and had a go. I got up on my first go. Uh, which, and then, which is not easy. No, I had, I had a very good coach, my dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dad. Um, so, and then I won a fat face um, training day at Fort Flakes. Oh, wow. And then from there, I sort of got onto the British water ski um, squad to learn to... Um, to, to get my skills up and be yeah. do little competitions when I was um, in my teenage years before I became a chef. So wow. I have competed as well. Um, That's brilliant. So, yeah. but, but from the perspective of, I've, I've come from a sports background myself, I know it's such a release, isn't it? To yeah. be able to get out and do something that you absolutely love that is nothing to do with you know your job and yeah. it's also something that you kind of have to focus on while yeah. you're doing it so you can't be thinking about anything else you are only thinking about what you're doing there yeah but yet you have managed to combine it so tell us a little bit about like what does the show what can we expect if we watch the show so it will have water skiing in it yeah. it will <laughs> that's <ha> me <laughs> he says um, and then and then we're gonna we're gonna interview like different people um, mm -hmm. at lakes and mm -hmm. how they get the release of water skiing yeah. and then it's going to have all sorts of breweries uh, microbreweries wineries um if we're going to do we're touch on history and then the big the big the big thing is the mental health yeah. wellness um combining it all together so people um, so I can show that you can have a work-life balance and help people in in the future with with the program. So yeah, um, I think that's brilliant. I mean, have you found there are many water skiing chefs? Um, <laughs> I've never come across one before now. I one of the, our pro skiers um, is a baker. Oh really? Uh, one, one American pro skier, yeah, um, is a baker. So I've you haven't decided. To, I was going to say combine your skills. Yeah, we, I definitely want to get him involved in an episode yeah. in the future. Yeah, that's great. So. And do you ever think about like the fueling side of it? You know, the sports nutritional waste, the side of it where you're thinking about well, what you would want to eat before you went out water yes, skiing to and, give you the power to, yeah. because it, you use so much energy in 15 minutes. It's crazy. It's, it's exhausting, yeah. isn't it? Water skiing. I have tried. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I take my hat off to you. I mean, you know, with the genes and everything that you were born with, I, it doesn't surprise me you got up first time. But I mean, for me, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure on the body. But mm. um, I just love it. It's, it's so good. And, and as you say, as soon as I get in the water, I forget about everything. I just think, right, what am I doing mm. on this pass? How can I get around um get you know get try and get a pb or things yeah. like that so yeah it, it sounds like that would be a recommendation not necessarily water skiing but you know some sort of release yeah that you can only concentrate on the release whatever that form it takes yeah you know otherwise it, it does just build up doesn't it this kind of strain yeah, yeah i think it's so important to have a sport or a hobby if it's from water skiing to bike riding to running mm. just to have that release a couple of times a week just to get away from from thinking about work because you yeah. think about what you're doing there and then which really helps um, yeah. wellness so 
But I mean, contrary to that, do you ever have moments of inspiration whilst you're water skiing? Do you ever go, oh yeah, that coolie, that, that's what I'm going to make when I get off the water? Um, he says, I, no. No, I, I literally just think about skiing. <laughs> Good. And we like that. Um, and then you've also got, uh, I mean, skiing is obviously something you do quite regularly. How, how often do you manage to do that? Is I that- manage to get it in twice a week. Um, I, I now ski at Oxford Wakeboard and Water Ski Club. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've been skiing there since 2017 because I met a couple in America who skied there. So yeah, brilliant. I was like, got to check it out. And it was actually the coach where um, Steve Glanfield, who I skied with when I was young training, now runs this lake. So, so he knew the name. So it's, it's, it's come full circle. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like that. You realise it's a small world. The obvious question, have you tried wakeboarding? I have. And? Yeah, I like it. You can it, do actually. that too, yeah. I did, All right. <laughs> I did like it. My brother is the wakeboarder in the family. I love that. I mean, the skiing alone could take you all over the world. The chefing is taking you all over the world, which is brilliant. Where is it that you've lived and loved most? Oh, that's it's gotta be Brisbane, I mm. think. Yeah, Brisbane. Yeah. Because I could do my work um, and then I could go to the lake after and have a ski or go to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing work-wise in Brisbane? So it was mostly Parliament House um, and then I did a few private, um, you know, going to people's houses and cooking for parties and things like that. I did some private functions Mm. and I worked in a couple of nice restaurants. So I did quite a variety, which was really cool. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. And so um, Australia, Brisbane in particular would be, would you want to go back would you like to carry on traveling is that something you'd love to do i'd like to do an episode of eat ski live there i oh, definitely because yeah. there's a i think we could really explore some cool things out there so yeah. it's I'd a long like, way to go but it's worth it definitely be worth it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i love that part of the world i mean is there anything from those parts of the world that you say you know you've sort of taken with you as we've talked about perhaps ingredients uh, methodologies anything mm. that you think oh yeah you know like people think the best business ideas are where they perhaps been on holiday or they travelled and they've seen something and this is going to work back in the UK is there anything like that that you picked up and you thought yeah this works I, I think um, I think just the the different just the different spices and things they used in Australia really gave me an opening of that sort of thing because I didn't really see you know the Asian influence over here so mm. I've definitely brought that back with some of my food I do now so mm. yeah and it's interesting that isn't it I lived in Australia and found that the idea of kind of acceptance of loads of different food cultures yeah and the fusing of those food cultures together it's like a lot more accepted in Australia mm. than it feels like it, fe- every- it feels like everybody wants to sort of silo and cordon off and categorize here it's either this type of food or it's that type of food but actually they fuse it together they, they, they just yeah they just try and work as many combinations as they can mm. um, which I love I think that's really cool I agree I agree because I mean there's some great you know particularly like you know there can be some great Indian food and great Chinese food but mm. you get the spices and you combine some of those different cultures you can get the most incredible dishes can't you yeah you can really go wild with the um with the flavors so yeah, yeah i love that so that's your um 
that didn't remind me of the name of Eat Live Ski. Eat Ski Live. Eat Ski Live, got yeah. it right. Eat Ski Live, yeah. <laughs> Eat Ski Live show. Tell me a little bit about The Right Way. So What's the, that show about? So, so The Right Way is a cook-along, stress-free, um, instructional cookery videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're currently six episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which are broadcasting on Amazon Fire Stick okay. on an app called Movie Zone. Yeah. And in America, it's on Roku um, on a channel called Show Me TV and we've got a couple of other channels in the pipeline so um, yeah it's, it's, it's good um, and, and it, I think people really really enjoy it because I do just nice food mm. um, one example is I do a chocolate orange mousse but I make nice. make it super stress free and yeah and so how tell me how that works do you give them or do you give the people that want to follow a um, recipe list or a ingredients list sorry and then they go and buy the ingredients how does that work um, so on the, I, I actually go and get all the ingredients and then, and then, um, and then I just make up dishes and get, and, and go from there. So. But those are cooking along. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that that it's, it's very, you can say all the ingredients at the start of each episode. Yeah. So it really, people can, can go on the website as well and get the ingredient list and then, Brilliant. um, go and cook it. So. And roughly how long would these recipes take? You know, one of the things that, well, you've even got recipe books being sold on how long the recipes take, so people are always keen to know, aren't they? So these are 10-minute recipes. No way! Yeah, 10 minutes? 10-minute recipes. So (laughs) the episodes are 10 minutes, and you can actually do those recipes in 10 minutes. So that includes the cooking time? Yeah, yes. And the prep? I do super, super um, quick, nice, flavoursome stir-fry is one of my, I do a lamb and beef burger on another episode, so... Wow. Yeah, it's... And, and and that's the right way, and that's available via Amazon Fire Stick Movie Zone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She says, not being self-interested at all. <laughs> no. Um, and so I talked about your being abroad. So, so if you could go anywhere in the world and work, where would you like to go? I know we talked about Brisbane, but you've been there already. So yeah. anywhere else that you would like? I think Costa Rica has got to be on the list to go and work because mm. I think that would be the the food out there is is what I like, which is fresh, stress free, mm-hmm. um, really flavoursome. There's a lot going on there, so that, I think that'd be a, a, a good place to go. Definitely, sounds like you might be able to you know get some good backdrops there as well. You know, with yeah. the water skiing and the cooking. Yeah, and the- <laughs> there's the most amazing water ski lake I've been to out there as well. Is that um, how you do your planning? You go around the world choosing the best water ski lake. I might just do a bit of cooking while I'm there. Yeah, and just try and fit it all together. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then, you know, in terms of people finding out more about this, you're, you're giving us lots of information here about where people can find out about the two different shows and the different um, kind of channels that they're available. But is there sort of one website or one um, or your social media where they can find out everything about you? Yeah, so the best way to find everything about me is www.eatskilive.com. Okay. Um, that has all my sizzle reels, all my bio, and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing on. Brilliant. And then the right way has its own website, which is www.chefleywright.com. Right, um, brilliant. So that you can find all the information about that show as well. Good stuff. Right. Well, let's just take a brief pause here. But when we come back, we're going to be talking uh, to Lee about his future plans. Can't wait to hear what they are. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da! 
The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I'm Jenny Tishi. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Lee Wright, who is very, very local, has come to us from Lane End, down the, just down the road. Lee, you're currently working at a wedding venue in the Chilterns. Yes. Remind me of the name of it. So it's called Rackley's. Rackley's. Rackley's, yes. yeah. And it's a luxury wedding venue. It's very nice. A, a converted barn. So Brilliant. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're there. You're a freelancer. Um, and as much as you can share, what would you love to happen in the future? What, where would your career take you, do you think? So future for me is 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 to get um, to be able to get work-life balance out there mm. as, as best as I can. Uh, through through the TV program Eat Ski Live, yeah, um, and just be able to showcase that. So let's talk a little bit about that because I'm the same. I, I'm a big fan of trying to manage a something that you love doing, and that's very clear and evident from everything that you shared with us today. You're very passionate about food and very passionate about flavour, yeah, and ingredients, but also very passionate about your your water skiing. So what would you like? Who would you like to reach? do you think with this message around getting work life balance in order um i'd like to i would like to reach um everyone in 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 the chef and the hospitality world um but everyone um around the world as as much as i can basically mm-hmm. as through as many channels as i can yeah. um to to really be able to help people yeah and i think that's very important because it is. I, I think the thing that's coming across for me as well is that the nature of the recipes that you create, because they are simple. I'm loving this 10 minute thing. This has really got me going. I'm like, wow, 10 minutes. Um, but, you know, 10 minute recipes that you can actually cook along with you. Yes. And that for me is really appealing to people that just we, everyone's so busy mm. and we all know that we want to eat you know better we want to eat from scratch we want to cook from scratch you know but it's so difficult if you don't have the training the knowledge and I think you know with the way that you're talking about like the situation you found yourself in in the pandemic when you're finding yourself in a situation where you literally are going to get given ingredients and you don't even know what they are and then when you get them you've got to make a lot of meals for key workers suddenly Mm. Um, you know that adaptability is your skill set that therefore you can help others with isn't yeah, it? That's yeah, the kind yeah. of the key here. So, I mean, from, you know, the reaching chefs, um, but also reaching like tons of people, really, because I think there's a lot of people that don't have that work life balance in order. Yeah. So I just want to, I just want to, if I can help as many people as mm. I can, um, you know, have the balance. Yeah. And the balance can be from diet to having a good hobby and sport mm. to, um, you know, taking a nice walk in the evening after work, everything like that. Mm. Um, I think yeah. I'm going to show that um, on, on the programme. So. And sleep. Sleep is very important, <laughs> yes. I know that from my past. You need sleep, yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you talked about, you know, the fact that it was hard work for you. You're 16 and you go into this profession. I think, you know, this hospitality industry is a fantastic profession. It does attract people that love, not everyone, but it does attract people that love the buzz. You know, mm-hmm. everyone I know that's worked in hospitality sort of loves the buzz of hospitality. So from your perspective, how would you sort of help people who love the buzz yeah. <laughs> manage that kind of um, balance of, you know, full on and then, 
oh, relax. Yeah, it's, it's, you just got to take that time just to, you know, after a busy service, just, just to, even if it's a little walk or, mm. or having, you know, having a nice meal or something, just, just to, just to can't, because it is very full on when you're in service. Yeah. Um, you know, you, as you say, you, you're like, oh, mm. there's so much going on and stuff like that. So you just need to, you definitely need to just take time to just, you know chill just chill exactly. yeah <laughs> what sort of hours do you do now versus what you were doing before so my hours I'm I'm very conscious of my hours now so yeah. on on wedding on um prep days mm. I I keep it an eight hour day wow um with breaks as well so brilliant yeah just and 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 just being you just gotta just organize yourself so you can make sure you get your workload done in those mm. eight hours and you're not you're not overdoing it yeah um, I love the fact that you schedule the breaks in I think with so many people now working from home they've not been scheduling breaks because you know a meeting is 11 till 12 another meeting 12 to 1 and so on and so forth where are the breaks but you've because you're the uh, master of your own destiny you're able to do that and I think it's brilliant that you're doing that yeah no it's very important because if you just do a eight hour day straight that's not it's not it's not gonna be good so no it's, it is good to you know take five minutes or ten minutes to have a cup of tea and yeah just relax and think about what you need to do next and all that sort of yeah thing. yeah yeah because otherwise you might miss something yeah you, you, you're in a rush all the time mm. you, you you know you, you need to just sit down and just have your brain just settle and yeah and, and work out what what next is to do it's brilliant you come across as very calm um which you know is lovely actually as a you know the, the people have i think an impression of the the chef in the kitchen and it's you know the gordon ramsay effect i would call it but you know it's like go 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 shout blah 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 and you're going to shout at yourself maybe uh from time to time i was going to ask you about the environment in which you work obviously you are uh the chef for the whole thing but what happens around you do you have um a team of other people that work at the venue that you see every day because again that's quite important isn't it from a mental well-being perspective yeah yeah so there, there's quite a lot of people who work there so you've got the front of house people setting up people and the office people who, who do all the planning of the weddings yeah. and everything like that so there's a, it's a great team there yeah familiar um, faces yeah which is good so you, you know you can when you do have your coffee break um you can go and have a chat and yeah. just catch up about random things and stuff like that and it's a great location by the sounds of it do you want to tell us a little bit about like you said converted bar on, but yeah how do you access it where is it and I, mean, I feel dreadful that i've not heard of it before so um <laughs> the 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 best way you go past the Lacey's farm shop yes i know and that then, and then if you keep going straight and there's the peacock pub on the right which mm-hmm. is abandoned now you go 500 yards and it would be on the left and there's a little sign where it says Rackley's mm-hmm. and it's the most amazing converted barn and then you've got the views of the of the fields no wonder um, you're so relaxed <laughs> there's just no water skiing lake there is there needs to need to get the lake yeah built. <laughs> yeah then I'll, then I'll hang around then I won't go to Costa Rica Go on, give me the lake I'll be fine um so what you know longer term or what would you like to do you, you've obviously got your plans to help people with well-being and you know cooking and cooking empowering people to cook their own foods from scratch yeah big big term long-term future plans what would you like to do what would you like to achieve what would be your legacy oh uh i definitely would like to get a couple of cookbooks behind me um quick stress-free cookbooks Mm. um and i'd love the big the big big dream is to get eat ski live on netflix that's the 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 big the big dream and how will that happen um (laughs) a lot of perseverance and just keep and just keep uh just 
just keep following your dreams just never give up on your dreams is is love that is you just got to keep going yeah absolutely um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we move on to the quick fire questions um i just uh yeah just if people ever want to try water skiing go mm. down to oxford um wakewood and water ski club because mm. they're great down there and I, I i'd love the sport to grow yeah. um and people to get involved because it is just the most amazing sport i think yeah so i'd love more people to to get involved with it yeah and forgive my ignorance we are on the eve or the first day in fact of the commonwealth games but is it a sport that will be um participating or participating will there be people participating in it at the commonwealth games no no it's um i i hope in the future we can get it like on the x games or maybe even in the olympics or something like that that would be amazing um because it is such a adrenaline rush water skiing mm. so it sounds like you should be the chef to travel with the team when they do get to the olympics <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um so let's go on to those quick fire questions i always ask people towards the end of the show what would be your last meal on earth we often call it the death row meal which some people don't like the sound of so we'll say your last meal on earth what would it be oh i'd have i'd have one of my favorites is scallops black pudding pea mint puree and then a um a tomato and basil salsa Oh, for the starter that sounds yeah oh just the starter yeah go yeah. on then the main go and then on. the main uh, then the main would be fillet steak with dope and wild potatoes oh. and just good old tomatoes and a mushroom sauce just nice and classic oh, and lovely yeah and then i think i'd have to be biased and go with my own panna cotta with the strawberry and black pepper salsa for the dessert if anybody else is hungry right now do you believe you me you know <laughs> this is certainly me in the studio that is too um who is your favorite celebrity chef oh that's i think heston blumenthal yes mm. yes because he's just because i've met him and he's super nice and what's he up to these days that is a very good question. Um, I think he's in France. Is he? Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Who would you say has inspired you the most? Uh, that would be my first head chef, Clive Dixon, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and my the, parents. And your parents. Well, yeah, certainly from the water skiing yeah, perspective. The, yeah, I, it's, yeah. it's, I think it's quite rare to have you know, two parents in the same sport. And then, you know, yeah, obviously. We, and we still do it together. So, And your brother? Does he do it too? He wakeboards, yeah. I oh, does he? Yeah. 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 So we're all, all doing something on the water. <laughs> the full house. Yeah. Um, and if you were to host a fantasy dinner party and to invite four people from the past or the present, it can be your own past as well who would they be and why i would have dwayne johnson brilliant yeah because <laughs> i think what, what, what a character yeah um, he is a character so i would love to see what he eats as well because he's I gonna have to eat a lot a lot of food <laughs> i'd have to make a lot of food for him yeah it'd be a wedding for 60 but just for dwayne yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a country singer because i love country music i oh, do you so uh there's a country singer in america called jason adeen mm-hmm. um, i have I, heard of him yeah actually. i love his music so mm-hmm. he would be interesting to have around that table as well yeah. okay. um and then Ricky Gervais, yes, for the because for the comedic value, and it'd be interesting what he eats because I'm not sure what he would yeah. eat. So that'd be another interesting person to cook for. It's quite local. We could ask. We could bring him up. <laughs> yeah. So that and then um, and then 
the last one I would have would be Michael Jackson from the past. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that would be quite interesting um, as well. So yeah, be a stories. Quite, a lot of stories, I can mm. imagine. Um, and it was a, what a performer he was back in, I know. Back in the day. So. I know. Do you know what? There's, uh, I had the opportunity to go and see him as well, and I didn't take it, which, you know, I was very young, but in my defence, but it's so hard to know that you'll never get to see that person live. So, shame. Oh, well, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show today. I've learned so, so much. And um, just thank you for your time. No worries. Thank you for having me. Um, so just to remind people um, where they can find out more about you, if you want to give the um, website and, of course, your cookery shows and where they can find those again, in case people are just tuning in. Yep. So uh, to look at the right way, you can find it at www.chefleewrites.com and you can watch it on Apple, um, Amazon Fire Stick on an app called Movie Zone. You'll find my six episodes there. Cool. And then to find out about Eat Ski Live, it's www.eatskilive.com. And then to follow me on Instagram, it's Chef Lee Wright. So, Brilliant. Yeah. So there you go. There's enough to keep people um, going and well fed by the sound of it. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, from my perspective, I, I've it was a joy to meet a water skiing chef, I think, <laughs> and a local water skiing chef. I think it's such a unique combination, but I think the message is so important, this idea that we get our work-life balance in order yeah. and you're living that way and you want to share the way you're living with other people, which I think is really inspiring. Um, and also just thinking about the food that you eat to fuel your body. And it's not yeah. specifically sports nutrition based, but you are thinking about, you know, the health and well-being and making sure that you use things that are quick and easy but you know great ingredients to yeah all, mm. always local always fresh yeah mm. so love it love it love it and especially when you move to other parts of the world and you start cooking in as you have australia and norway and, and costa rica you're hoping to go to yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to do what, again an episode out there hopefully in the fingers in crossed. the future fingers so crossed. yeah so thank you very much everyone for listening in today this is let's do lunch on river radio if you've enjoyed today's show any of the shows please do leave us a review on apple or spotify or google or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to this uh, as long as you like it will be available as a podcast as well as live as a radio show today so thank you for tuning in today if you tuned in today thank you for listening by podcast if you have and i will take uh, say goodbye and i hopefully will uh, be back again soon goodbye everybody enjoy your weekend <laughs> My bed and a pillow for my head. I got a pencil full of lead and some water for my throat. I got buttons for my coat and sails on my boat. So much more than I needed before. I got money in the meter and a turbine to row. And now it's getting on the road. So only getting sweeter. I got legs on my chairs and a head for a hair. Holding a pan and some shoes on my feet. I got a shelf full of books and most of my teeth. Few pairs of socks and a door with a lock. I got food in my belly and a license for my telly. And nothing's gonna bring me down. Guitar and ties in my car I got most of the means and scripts for the scenes I'm out and about so I'm in with a shout I got a favourite chat but better than that Food in my belly and a licence for my daddy And nothing's gonna bring me down I'm out of blow that heart
working so hard on yourself It's not good for your health I know that you can change So clear your head and come round You only have to open your eyes You might just get a big surprise And it may feel good And you might want to smile, smile, smile Oh, don't you let your demons pull you down 